sponsors you hear all the corporate sponsors and everything before during and after the show but these people right here are folks in my community that i actually shop with work with do something along those lines with that when they say they want to come on board and be a sponsor of the show it tickles the hell out of me and i love them being a part of it first one i want to tell y'all about is dolly's delights now this lady right here not only has dealt with me and all my hard-headed friends when it comes to getting tuxes or fitted for weddings or whatever. She always goes above and beyond. Uh, one of my buddies who got married last year, they forgot my shoes. She went somewhere, picked them up for me to make sure that I was looking good and matching everybody else. She also got some great candy and some other stuff in her store. She's got this white trash candy. If you've never ate it, go get it. Go to her store right now and get it. It's awesome. But... She goes above and beyond to take care of her customers. And I'm just grateful that she's my friend. I'm grateful she's a sponsor on the show. So y'all do me a favor. Go check out Dolly's Delights. It's on uh, 5122 3rd Avenue in Eastman. The phone number there is 478-231-7237. And tell her that I sent you. If you, I know it's tux and wedding season. You're not going to get a better price or a better person that you have to deal with than her. So go check out Dolly's Delights and tell them that I sent you. Now, a couple days ago, I did a show with Miss Lori from Lori's Dive-In over in Alamo. She brought me and Gracie all types of food, even a keto pizza, a cauliflower pizza. I've never ate anything like that before in my life. And let me tell you, it was banging. The wings were amazing. She does this special mix-up with lemon pepper and buffalo, and it's out of this world. Her wings are cooked better than almost any place I've ever been. Um, let's see, what else did she bring us? She brought us fried Oreos. She brought us fried pickles. Uh, the barbecue was awesome. The hamburger was banging. When you go there, too, folks, you can go back and listen to the whole episode between me and her. Her staff is awesome. You feel like you're at home. It's just the best little place around. I know whenever we go through Alamo or I'm going down 16, I'm going to divert myself to go get lunch there. Y'all please go check her out. Her phone number is 912-568-1645. It's on Commerce Street over in Alamo. You can't miss it. It's Lori's Dive-In. Go get fed good. Go get treated good. You're not going to get better service from better people anywhere around here. So go check her out now. Let me tell you guys about the baddest insurance agent around these parts, Miss Jenna Carr. She's an alpha insurance agent. She handles home, auto, life, and business. 
She's located in Macon, Georgia at 3312 Northside Drive, Suite C-160. Uh, let me tell you about Miss Jenner. Not only is she just the sweetest, cutest damn thing you ever seen, but she takes care of business like a true professional. I love dealing with her. Uh, she's done got me hooked up with life insurance because, let's be honest, I'm going to need it. And uh, every time I've ever dealt with her, a complete pleasure. So, y'all do me a favor now. Give her a call and go look her up on social media. Jenna Carr, Alpha Insurance Agency. And that phone number in Macon is 478-621-7065. Tell her that you need the same package, home, life, auto, all that good stuff that she hooked me up with. This one's a new one. This is a cool new sponsor of our show. DC Trophy Company. Miss Vicki Hardiman. Thank you very much for being a sponsor on the show. Let me tell y'all what she made for me. This woman really likes my show. I really dig her. She made me a podcast trophy for having the number one show in Georgia. It also says number one bleep talker. I bleep myself. <laughs> uh, she's awesome. She can handle all your softball, baseball, football, basketball, all your trophy needs. And the work that she does is top notch. Y'all go check her out right now. She also does awards and everything else for schools, for individuals. Um, she just makes the greatest stuff. And if you even own a business and you want to give employee of the month or anything like that, she can do all that stuff as well. So I want y'all to go check her out now at 5122 3rd Avenue, Eastman, Georgia, 31023. That phone number is 478-231-2364. D.C. Trophy Company. What's up, folks? Hey, sitting in the studio, and uh, I've done these petty episodes lately, right? And you guys have really liked them. By the way, I appreciate the hell out of you guys for liking them. Um, it was brought to my attention today that there's a good chance that people are going to try to expose all the shit that I've done. All the good shit, bad shit. Well, mainly the bad shit that I've done. Nobody wants to expose the good about somebody else now, do they? So, for those who don't know, I did a show... Uh, I want to say February or something of 2021. And it goes into detail about the times I've been arrested. Uh, about my other daughter that I don't have contact with at the present moment. Uh, it goes into detail about a whole lot of shit to do with me, honestly. Um, it kind of lets you know who I am. I thought that when I started all of this, I was going to need an episode like that. Because if anybody's going to expose anything that I've done, I want it to be me. Uh, I'm not going to let anybody control the narrative of who I am or the things that I've done or why I've done the things that I've done. Um, if y'all don't know, I was a piece of shit when I was younger. I made a lot of fucking mistakes, a lot of mistakes in my life, but I grew from them. Uh, well, I grew besides for petty, if you can't tell. Um, I was talking to, to Lee Tucker a while ago. And uh, also to Dustin Heron about two different subjects. One was about having a, a life-altering experience. And I did Saturday night. Um, 
I don't see why I should have to hide this because it's my fucking show. I did mushrooms. And I did them because I've read all the stuff about what it does for your mental health. How mushrooms are like the only thing, if you take it in the right dosage, that will help restart some of the brain that you've lost. Or some of the brain fog will go away. Or some of the depression and anxiety and stuff will go away. Um, That is why I told y'all at the beginning of the show yesterday that I was going to pull episodes down. Um, pull an episode down that I'd previously done until I got a cease and desist letter. And then I decided to say, fuck that. Because also what those mushrooms showed me was not only clarity, it also showed me that I'm happy with who I am. That I've worked my ass off to get to where I'm at. And I've went through a lot of trials and tribulation and all this type of shit. Like, I've gone through some shit. Um, This past year, uh, from being on all these trips with my friends and discovering, as stupid as it's going to sound, me discovering my own sense of style as far as my clothes go, as far as how I act. Um, I kind of developed my own swagger this past year. And there were times that I would walk into a bar in Macon and I would feel like I didn't belong. Uh, but I would walk into a bar in Nashville and felt like I did. It was very, it was very fucking weird. It was very, it was very weird. But Saturday I realized that like, I don't have to be part of the party anymore to be happy. I don't have to go along or with everybody else. And I kind of was already not doing that anyway. But this really gave me clarity that you're doing shit the right way. You're an individual now. You're not following trends. You're not following people. Uh, you know, I used to think that you had to have an expensive fucking shirt on to turn a woman's head. I've wore that $7 Walmart flowered shirt a couple times now, and it turned more than heads. Drop panties. <laughs> That's a horrible joke, but it might be true. It might not be. Teach their own. Uh, but what I decided to do today was if people are going to try to ex- expose anything of me, I'm talking about anything of me. I want to be the one that exposes it. I want to be the one that puts my shit out there. And we have gained a massive amount of listeners in this past year. Um, From being on the trips, from having the politicians in here, from having the musicians share my stuff, from the, whatever it is, the Senate resolution that's in my name. Uh, We've had some amazingly awesome people that we've met in the past year. So a lot of y'all don't know any of my background. A lot of y'all don't know where I come from. A lot of y'all don't know what I've been through and why I am the way I am. And what I was telling Lee a while ago was one reason why I'm going after Bitchzilla the way that I am is I was bullied growing up or I wasn't treated kindly by women. Okay, I was a fugly fucking kid. I'm talking about ugly and I feel like this person acts like every mean girl I knew growing up and that's probably why I'm going hardcore with it that's probably why I'm being the way that I'm being about it is I'm tired of somebody just thinking because they're pretty they can get away with fucking murder they can get away with whatever And we also live in the world, too. This is going to ruffle some feathers. 
that men are held to a different standard than women. That if I was to do something towards a woman, uh, I would be blasted everywhere about it. Absolutely everywhere about it. By the way, women know this better than anybody. I have a great reputation that comes with that. There's been women that have been on this show that have slept in the same bed with me that I haven't touched. It's also been women that I've told that unless we have like a connection, I'm not sleeping with you. I'm not having sex with you. Um, that is why, if y'all are wondering, why women are around me as much as they are. Because I treat them with respect. Now, I will talk mad shit to you. I will fucking call you stuff. I made uh, Macy fucking cry at the beach for making a joke because I felt too comfortable with her. And I've apologized many, many times for that. I feel I still feel like shit about that. But I, I'm trying to set a standard that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You don't treat anybody like shit. Um, and I just have a feeling what's going to happen because those episodes have blown up now, by the way. Uh, I got a feeling that somebody's going to attack my past. They're going to attack the things that I did before I am who I am now. They're going to attack the guy that was battling super dark depression, suicide attempt. Like they're gonna, they're going to attack that person that was so lost in this world. There was no way he could be found. That person almost had to figuratively die for me to be reborn. And I'm damn glad I'm not that person anymore. And I'm not gonna let anybody try to put a narrative out there of me that I didn't already ask for forgiveness for, or I already didn't come to terms with. Everybody that I've ever wronged in life, I've apologized to. There's been people, there's been people that I'll say it to their face. Y'all have heard me do it on this show. There was a, there's a guy that up in Nashville um, that I have told him about 500 times now. He's probably sick of fucking hearing it, but I thought he was going to be a tool. He wasn't. Reed was cool as fuck. Uh, I've enjoyed him being places and shit with us. I thought, though, from posts about him, I thought this guy's going to be a fucking dickhead. Nothing like that or whatever. Dude is a solid-ass dude, and I like him, and I'm glad he's going on trips and shit with us now in part of this misfit fucking group. Um, but, like, I don't want any of y'all that listen to the show to not know who I am or what I stand for. I don't want you just listening to my show because you came across me on TikTok I want you listening to the show because I want us to help each other. I want us to grow off of each other. I want us to, you know, I learn from you, you learn from me. You know, there's a lot of times in my life that when I was younger, I was probably ignorant and I probably said some racist or hurtful shit or some sexist shit. And then I grew. I'm talking about when I'm like a teenager and shit, like you're a product of your environment. But there's some stuff that I'm not proud of that I've ever said. And I'll be the first one to tell y'all that I regret some of the things as a child that I said, but I'm not the person I was fucking whatever it would have been. I'm 35 now. So what, 17 years ago when I was 18 or before that, I think when I got in trouble the first time with law, I was 18. So like, I'm not that person. I'm glad I'm not that person. That person sucked. None of y'all should have been his friend. 
and honestly, most of y'all wouldn't have been. Um, so like at this new stage in my life, I really believe in standing up for what you believe in. I really believe in being the person that other people want to be around. I believe in treating people how you want to be treated. Um, I believe in a whole lot of shit, but the reason I believe in the stuff that I do is because of this first several years or the first 18 or 25 years of my life, while I was a shit person, it made me, it developed me. It, uh, there's been times that it was hard. There's been times when I was sitting in a jail cell or sitting at the rehab detention center and like, you're really thinking about your life and you know, that I didn't want to be that person. But I was so lost in this world, I didn't know how to not be that person. You know, first time I came out of jail, I went back to probably stealing and doing stupid shit. Um, because I didn't know another way. I got my ass locked back up, being a piece of shit. But there were lessons that I learned that I would not change for the world. Uh, I go over all that and what this episode is about to be. So I'm fixing to re-air the Josh Terry story. And it is as raw and as real as I can possibly be. I want y'all to understand that. I am as honest and transparent about my past as possible. And uh, I just want to do it. And I want to put that narrative out there before somebody decides to pull those punches and think, oh, we're going to talk about Josh's arrest record. We're going to talk about his DUI. We're going to talk about him fighting people. We're going to talk about his suicide attempt. We're going to talk about his battles with depression. We're going to talk about him getting fired. Yeah. Talk about it. I'm glad all of those things happen. There's some things that I regret, but if it means that I wouldn't have my daughters and I wouldn't have the life that I live now, I wouldn't change a single fucking thing. Uh, I would I would go back and I would do time again. When I say I've done time, by the way, y'all figure it out. I've not done hard time. I think I added it up at one point in time, and I think overall I've done like six months in a jail cell or at a rehab detention center. Um, and I used to be ashamed. I used to be ashamed of that. But I'm not anymore. I wear it as, a, as another chink in my armor, another lesson learned, another hard-headed motherfucker that had to find out the hard way. And I did. I was never the kid that if your mama said, hey, don't touch the stove because it's hot, and I just didn't touch the stove. No, my parents were smart enough. Let him burn his hand a couple times, and he'll stop doing it because he's hard-headed. He's stupid. You know, I might not get shit on the first go-round, second go-round, third, but eventually I'm going to get it, and I'm going to stop doing stupid shit. And that is what I want y'all to know about me. Before you listen to this whole episode exposing everything about me, every flaw about me. Um, I just want y'all to know I had to grow. I believe in growth. That is why even with Bitchzilla, I believe that she can grow. Maybe. She doesn't really seem to. She really doesn't seem to want to acknowledge that she's made mistakes. Maybe. Maybe she's just a bitchaholic. You know? Drug addicts and alcoholics, they never want to admit when they're wrong or when they're in the when they've made a mistake. 
Maybe this person's the same fucking way. I hope not. I hope they learn. I hope they learn. And by the way, guys, um, I'm pretty sure that when I come off of Facebook jail tonight, all those text messages and shit that I've read, I think I'm going to uh, retract or whatever it is. Everybody's name. I think I'm going to post all those later. Uh, if you're going to send me a fucking cease and desist, I told you I'm going hard. So look out for that later today. Let's look up Josh Terry. Josh Terry on uh, Facebook. And uh, right now it's the Bride of Chucky is my profile picture, but it won't be later. Once I can actually change it. It'll be me again. Uh, but anyway, guys, I love y'all. I want y'all to listen to this, and I want you to give me your feedback on it. I want you to let me know what you think. And if there are some things that I need to change, I'm not saying I'll fucking listen to you, but if there are certain things that you want me to do different or talk about different or do a different way, please let me know. Uh, yeah. It's probably not going to change, though. But I will listen if you come at me the right way. <laughs> anyway, y'all enjoy this kid from almost two years ago that had no idea what was in front of him. Uh, I say this kid, I was fucking 33. Uh, this guy had no idea what was in front of him and how this show was going to grow, the people he was going to meet, and the success he was going to have. So I haven't changed a single thing about the episode I'm not going back and listening to it first. I'm just going to upload it. So you guys enjoy and get to know me a little bit better and let me know what you think. Message me on Instagram and Snapchat once this is over at JLTerry87. Um, I hope you all enjoy the episode, everybody. God bless y'all. Y'all, I've never done one by myself. And the only reason why I'm doing this one by myself is some shit happened tonight. And um, I had six hours to ride from Nashville to here to think about a whole lot of shit. And I realized something last night when I got to see one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, this Riders Round at Live Oak. Shout out to uh, Kristen Kelly and uh, Ashley McBride and Dylan Carmichael. Um Oh my God, just all these wonderful, amazing fucking artists last night that I got to be around. And uh, it, it made me realize some shit that I say all the time to people that come in here to do a show that everybody's got a story to tell and that's what makes them special. Every songwriter has got a song that they can write that will be special because if they put their life into it, there won't be another song that's like it. And that's the same way with all the rest of our lives, is we all have something to tell. And uh, as I was on the way down here, like there was this stuff resonating with me. And then I got a phone call from somebody saying that uh, a girl who had been on our show, um, Miss Sierra uh, Fitzgerald, was in a very bad wreck. And uh, she's, she's uh, I guess she's in stable condition. She's in a, um, whatever it is, an induced coma. And uh, it just, it fucked me up. It fucked me up because I literally was just around this girl last weekend. And to think that in a moment's time that somebody could just slip away, it fucked with me. And uh, I, I, I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I want to tell my story. 
I want to tell my story and I want to give y'all reason to trust me when I say shit, to believe in me and all this kind of other stuff and pray for me, especially. Um, and then as I get here, I get to the studio, it is legit 4.36 in the morning, and uh, I get here, and there's a fucking notice on my door, and it is from uh, the code enforcement officer, and they are fussing at me. Uh, I've got three violations. One is a general penalty, penalty. Um, containing violations. I don't even know what the hell that is. The second one is sale, use of intoxicating liquors. And then um, the third one is a owner to maintain a premises free of litter. I now have to make sure that everything here is picked up all the fucking time if some bum or somebody leaves a piece of trash. Now I got them fucking with me. I already knew they didn't like me. Uh, but you know what? I'm not changing a fucking thing about me. If they don't like it, they can come in that door and they can make me quit doing this fucking show. This is my show and it ain't going nowhere. Uh, so, like, when I, when I get here, I feel like the devil is just, like, telling me that all this stuff that I thought about with sharing with y'all and putting my heart out there and making myself super fucking vulnerable because this is probably going to be, like I said, a shit show. Um, it... It was like the devil, as soon as I got here, was like, nah, fuck that. I'm fixing to mess this up for you. Well, the devil don't realize he might be strong, but my God and my faith is a whole lot fucking stronger. And I'm not put in this position for no reason. And all it did was seeing these violations when I get here is uh, just tells me that I need to share my story a whole lot more. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, if you're struggling right now, you have a choice. You can either let those struggles define you or you define your struggles. We are always going to have demons. We are always going to have a monkey on our back. But we put those demons in their fucking place and we tame that monkey and you'll be fine. So just like now, I'm getting ill. I'm getting frustrated. And uh, I know that I was number 13 on Apple just a, a, a week ago. And now, the bigger you get, the more people want to throw shade on you. And they want to they wanna mess with you. But I'm going to tell you my story tonight, or this morning, wherever the fuck it is. And uh, I'm doing it completely sober, which is probably going to be astounding to most of y'all. Uh, but I don't believe that this story should be told when I'm drunk. And I probably won't get through it the right way anyway. And I'm not going to start off with when I was born. I'm going to start off at the big moments. And uh, I'm just, I'm just going to roll from there. And um, I just want to say this to the code enforcement officer and whoever's listening to this right now that took a picture of a beer can on my windowsill and then reported it. Um, I know what you're trying to do. I know that you're trying to uh, defeat me and uh, you're trying to knock me down. Just know... Life has hit me a whole lot harder than a fucking citation. And uh, there ain't nothing you can do that I can't get back up from. So uh, let's get into this. And uh, by the way, um, Miss Sierra, if you're listening, uh, you are in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, you're a very special young lady. And uh, I pray, pray that God heals you. And um, 
I, I pray that something, a miracle comes out of you being in this bad wreck. <sighs> I'm not going to get sentimental. I'm not going to cry. I might. I ain't gonna lie. This is why you. This is why I can't do this drunk. But uh. But anyway. So for those who do not know, uh, I battled depression. I, uh, I did it. I had it my whole life, and I never knew uh, I had it. Um, growing up, I just thought I was. You know, I just thought I was weird. Um, I would walk into the lunchroom, classroom, gym, whatever. Didn't matter. Uh, or just walk into my buddy's house. Wherever I walked into, I thought everybody was talking about me. I thought everybody hated me. I thought that everybody saw every one of my flaws, knew every one of my secrets. Um, and it ate me alive. I was the most insecure person ever. And I had to be the loudest person in the room, the most obnoxious, uh, done the stupidest things, try to make people laugh and all that shit, just so people wouldn't know how sad I was. And they didn't know how fucked up I was in the head. Um, well, after high school, that didn't get any fucking better. Uh, for those, this is this part of the story. Me and two people uh, broke into a tractor supply store uh, when, I think I was 18. And um, anyway, when we broke into this tractor supply store, uh, one of the guys worked there, so it wasn't really like breaking in. Um, guy let us in and... Uh, we stole some checks and we stole some money and, uh, it was incredibly stupid, but, um, I was 18 years old and, uh, I, I was just, I was lost in the world and I was just in a bad place. I'm not in the right train of thought. I made a huge mistake. Um, and, uh, and everything. Well, when, when that happened, I just cut off ties with everybody I grew up with for a little while. Um, I thought everybody was ashamed of me and they should have been, uh, they're probably embarrassed by me and they should have been. And, uh, anyway, um, I started at 18 years old going to bars by myself. Everybody that was an adult around me should have known there was a fucking problem that an 18 year old kid that is lost in the world is going to bars to get heavily intoxicated and uh, just to act like a jackass, and, and but it was that going to Whiskey River back then on Friday and Saturday nights was a break from my mental health, because I would go and I had a friend that was with me that was he he's mean he's meant so much to me as becoming a man, and I would go and I'd, I'd get too fucked up, and uh, one night um, I left there. And uh, I got a DUI. Uh, so to add to being on probation and all the bullshit that I was going through, um, I didn't fuck up and get a DUI. By the way, I did not get pulled over for reckless driving or speeding. I, uh, there was a cop behind me. He saw me get into my truck. Um, he saw me leave Whiskey River, uh, which there's a lot of people leaving there. He said he was going to leave me alone or whatever. But I dropped a Corey Smith. CD in the floor and I wanted to hear Corey Smith and I my windows were not tinted so he saw my head go down in the single cab F-150 and uh even though I was maintaining lane maintaining speed uh I stayed down too long and uh by me staying down too long um he thought I'd passed out so by the time my head pops back up uh he turned the blue lights on he literally thought I'd fell asleep while driving and uh was looking out for me 
that that police officer, he he did a very good job that night. He was very nice to me. It's one reason why I respect police officers so much. Uh, well, I'm now not only on probation, but now I have a DUI. And when I got that DUI, I <laughs> had to go to probation. And when I went to probation, they locked me the fuck up and sent me to a rehab detention center. Uh, I am now 18 years old still and uh, had to go, I think it was for 60 days. Had to go to a boot camp for 60 days. Um, and it was hard, dude. It was, it was fucking hard. Uh, and when I came out of that, got all the way through it and shout out to that buddy of mine. I'm not going to mention his name and all this, but he knows who he is. And I'm not doing this for anybody else tonight, but for myself, um, and just acknowledging how good you guys have made my life and some other folks. So, Sir, you know who you are, but uh, my buddy, uh, my best friend, he was there to pick me up, and uh, the day I got out, and it meant the world to me. Um, so I couldn't find a job. I was uh, on probation still, obviously. I owed them shit ton of money. If any of y'all's ever been on probation, you know <laughs> those sons of bitches charge you for fucking breathing. If they can get you for another buck, they're going to get you for another buck. Um, so uh, I was lazy. Uh, as honestly, I was depressed. And just nobody recognized it. Nobody talked about mental health in 2006 or seven. Uh, they viewed mental health back then as a, as a weakness, not what it is. And uh, so nobody, everybody thought I was lazy. I was just a piece of shit. And I was a piece of shit, but I was I was depressed, and I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do anything, so I didn't have a job. Uh, I worked for my daddy when he made me go to work because I didn't I didn't want to fucking work and do drywall uh, with all my friends in college and all this other shit. And uh, anyway, I I became more of a fuck up. Surprise! I would sneak off and go to whiskey. I hope the statute of limitations over for this. I'm not on probation, so if anybody is listening that. Uh, that is a probation officer and could have anything to do with me getting in trouble, uh, please put your fucking earmuffs on and leave me alone. Um, but I would wait till I was on supervised probation, and I think I had to be home by 7. 7 or 9, I can't remember. But as soon as I had somebody that used to drive past their probation office to see if their car was still... If the cars were there, there was three... Uh, three probation cars. And if all three of them was there, you knew they wasn't out checking people that were supposed to be home. So if they were, if all three was there, I would go to the bar. Still. Uh, acting like a big old dumbass. Now, I had some of the best times ever at Whiskey River. If you've ever been to fucking Whiskey River back in the day, then you know how fucking awesome it was. Uh, so I... I don't regret going, but I kind of regret being a dumbass and not having my priorities in, in order. But I uh I, I did that for a while. I was uh, lonely. Um, luckily, one of the good things that happened in my life, uh, Gracie's mother came in about this time. I joke with her all the time, but she came in about 2008, I think. So she's been fucking around with me since, I don't know, like 14 years almost, 13, 14 years. And, uh, anyway, she comes in around this time and, uh, why she put up with me, 
I don't know. Cause fucking, I couldn't pay for nothing. I couldn't go nowhere. I couldn't do shit. And, uh, I know she stuck by my side and Brooke, I will always appreciate that. Um, you's a bad bitch. You get on my fucking nerves more than anybody in the world, but you, uh, you've always been good to me, even when I didn't deserve it. And, uh, I always love you for that. Uh, God, I feel like I'm writing like my death letter right now. If I die when this is uploaded, just know some fucking creepy shit happened. The code enforcement officer came in here and put my ass down for not following the rules. Uh, but anyway, so after that, I couldn't find a job. Couldn't get my shit together. Uh, it was just rough. It was very, very rough for a very long time. My depression was fucking destroying me. I met this girl uh before i started dating gracie's mom and me and her had a very fucking volatile relationship it was very toxic her family made us quit seeing each other uh i was so crazy about this bitch that she was supposed to stay at my house one night i think uh, i think i was 17 or 18 and she was like a year younger than me uh but anyway she's supposed to stay at my house this night and uh she got drunk we were drinking as children, or you know, not getting hammered, but we were drinking. He's probably drunk. I shouldn't. I shouldn't lie. Uh, but anyway, she thinks she was staying at the house, and all of a sudden, her mom and daddy called, and like her family lives fucking forty five, fifty minutes away, and uh, I was not gonna let her dumbass um drive by herself. I wasn't gonna do it. I was gonna follow her to make sure she got home all right. Because I'm tender-hearted and I didn't want anything bad to happen to her. Well, legit get a fucking mile away from her house. Not even a mile. Probably like fucking half a mile. And this dumb bitch swerves in the middle of the road or whatever. Cop cars coming the next way. It's Georgia State Patrol. They turn the lights on. And, uh, I mean, she's almost at her fucking house. She had a blinker on, I'm pretty sure. That's how close she was. Well, when Georgia State Patrol turned around, I knew she was fucked. I pulled my truck in front of the Georgia State Patrol in the middle of the road to where I was the one who got pulled over. And uh, unlucky for me, I'm on probation at that time, and I was not drunk. Thank God. I hadn't. Even, I, I don't even know what it was. But I wasn't drunk. I didn't blow DUI. And uh, the Georgia State Patrol, though, he hated me. Me and his son grew up playing baseball together, and he did fucking, he did he, I was not his favorite. Well, uh, <laughs> I get to the jail that night, because I'm on probation, and I'm out past 7 o'clock, and then me and this girl sneak around for, like, a year or whatever bullshit, and, uh, we see each other, like, it's this whole Romeo, Juliet, puppy love, fucking bullshit, and, uh, anyway, um, eventually we quit seeing each other. Uh, Whiskey River comes back into play in the story. We had not seen each other in years. And uh, this is where the baby mama and all the stuff, everything comes back. I'm wrapping the story around. Um, This girl, her engagement party, or whatever it's called, bridal shower. Not bridal shower. Bachelorette party. Is at Whiskey River. Uh, we didn't see each other that night. Crazy fucking thing was uh, I was in her pictures. She had a photographer there, and uh, we just never bumped into each other. We were both drunk, and uh, I'm in either the background or the foreground of every, not everyone, but several of her bachelorette pictures. 
And um, so I never knew about it. Never knew she was there or anything. She calls me while I'm dating Gracie's mom. And she's like, hey, I've, there's no way this didn't happen for a fucking reason. Let's meet up or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't meet her because um, she was literally about to get married. I was like, I'm not doing this. Uh, so we didn't talk. She got married. A month after she got married, she shows up at my house and uh, ruins my fucking life. <laughs> but she uh, she also was a big part of saving it. Um, she, uh, I ended up letting her leave with me. I ended up helping her go get her shit and, um, her living with me, um, or living with my, my friend and me, uh, it was his house and, um, he hated that bitch. I don't, I'm glad I mean, he, he should have, I wish I would have, hold on, that's sipping Gatorade, um, but anywho, uh, she and me hit it off real hard. Ended up breaking up with, with Gracie's mom for this woman. Because I thought it was like a love story. I thought it was like a fucked up version of the notebook. Like it had done wrapped the relationship. It done wrapped itself back around and uh, and everything. Well, um, no, not not the case. She was uh, uh, surprised. She was cheating whore. I uh, should have figured that out whenever she left her husband, but I wasn't smart enough to uh, to see it. I was blinded by love, and love can go fuck itself. Um, but anywho, she uh, she ended up screwing me over several times. And for those who do not know, which none of y'all fucking know this, I don't even know why the hell I said it like that. I'm going to be very cliche in a bunch of this stuff because I'm extremely uncomfortable doing this by myself. Uh, I hope this doesn't sound too long-winded or whatever but this is my story and uh we're gonna sum that up in the end but um but anywho uh i told y'all battle depression and all this stuff well i have no job um i'm struggling financially i'm struggling mentally i'm struggling emotionally now because this bitch is literally driving me insane uh, i love her and even though she's cheated on me several times and i know she had and like she had said some the worst things that you could say to a human being, uh, I kept taking her back because I thought it was special. It wasn't fucking special. Um, it was the good Lord put every sign in front of me to run. I was just too stupid to read them. He he couldn't have made it more obvious. Uh, so if any of y'all are listening right now, it's in a bad relationship. If if you're looking for a sign, this is your fucking sign. Run. If one person gets out of a toxic relationship because of this, listen, this is your sign. Get the fuck out of there. Uh, anyway, so I uh, <laughs> I end up, um, I can't remember what it was. I had got really sick. Not sure what it was. I, but anyway, I got like, the doctor had prescribed 800 milligram ibuprofen. Well, um, she had fucked with my head so bad so bad and my life was just in the shitter no job no education i pretty much thought that the rest of my life was going to be hell uh, every day was going to be fucking a battle and uh i didn't want to do it anymore so she this is this is how that came to the head uh 
she had came up here when I was six. She had helped take care of me and everything, all that good stuff. Well, the day she goes back, I call her. And if any of y'all had the MV phone from Verizon, the LG, the one that used to flip open, everybody thought it was so fucking cool when it came out. Uh, it was notorious, notorious for uh, picking up in your pocket. Well, I literally had to hear this girl fucking. I had to hear her cheating on me after five hours before she was uh, at my house helping take care of me as I was sick. She loved me, blah, 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 all this bullshit and everything. And uh, five hours later, she's legit sleeping with someone else and accidentally picks up the phone and then I have to hear it. Well, Mr. Old Depression decides, okay, let's just go ahead and do some dumb shit. So I was like, fuck it, I'm done with this. Like, this life ain't getting no better. So, uh, I took every one of the 800 milligram ibuprofens that the doctor has subscribed to me. Try to kill myself. And, uh, it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, because some very, very good things came out of it, but I also, I tried to take my life. I mean, I should have never gotten that dark place. That's one reason why I share my story. Uh, I've been sharing it for years now. I just never done it on the podcast to, uh, to where I don't want anybody to feel alone like I was. I don't want anybody to be hurting like I was. I don't want anybody to think that you're the only fucking one. You're not. You're not even close to the only one. And uh, anyway, so luckily I'm stupid. And I didn't know that 800 milligram ibuprofen wouldn't kill you. My liver is uh, is uh, going to be fucked the rest of my life. But hey, it was probably going to be fucked anyway due to alcohol. Uh, but anywho... I'm probably gonna say anywho a lot. That's a that's a defense mechanism or whatever or crutch for people who are in radio or podcasts. Um, so uh, I I try to off myself, and uh, I don't remember much. They said that my uh, I luckily I had sent out like a text message or whatever and told like I guess I done got loopy, and I had uh, sent out a text message to my family like I just love y'all. And uh, they know I don't I don't say that shit like so they were like something's fucking wrong and uh, I didn't pick up my phone because I, I was knocked the fuck out. I said my daddy rushed in, slapped the fuck out of me. My daddy's a big old bastard, and uh, slapped the fuck out of me. They called the ambulance. I don't remember any of it. Uh, what I do remember is is special though. There was a preacher that came to see me. And he wasn't giving, like, last rites or none of that shit. They didn't even have to pump my stomach. They were just like, he's fucking stupid. He took a lot of ibuprofen. You know, he's probably never going to have a headache again or a working liver. But it's whatever. Uh, but I remember this preacher. And he wasn't always, uh, he was one of these preachers that I actually like. Um, he's been through some shit in his life. He was a police officer at one point in time. I want to say he had a problem with gambling. Uh, and a couple more things, but for some reason the gambling thing sticks out. I don't mean to misquote or misrepresent that, but I think it's gambling and there might be a couple other vices there. Uh, but anyway, I remember him being in my ear and I remember him telling me why I'm laying there and that, uh, he had been in the same situation. He didn't know I was listening. 
Like he was he was talking to me as if I was coherent. He was telling me his story. And uh I remember him telling me. He's like my he's like I tried to do this a couple times. I tried to drink myself to death. Uh and the last time my wife found me on the floor. Uh he had done whatever. And uh she had told him that uh if you're gonna fucking die, just do it. I'm sure that she didn't say fucking. But she said, if you're going to die, just go. I'm tired of you having a pity party, putting yourself and all your family through hell. So if you're going to die, just die. Well, now this guy's a freaking preacher. And that has stuck with me forever. If How can you push your family that far, people that love you the most, to just be like, if you're going to go, go. Like, I'm tired of you dicking around. Quit you know, having a sob story. If you're going to do it, just do it. Uh, but he, he woke up and when he woke up, he completely changed his life. And I think that's what happened to me. Uh, when, when I got out of it, um, I wanted, I wanted to get closer to God and I got closer to God, but then I told a couple lies at church because I was still miserable with my life. I used to lie not because I thought it sounded cool. I was a notorious liar. Uh, but because I was just miserable with my actual life. Like I never wanted to have to tell a lie. I always felt bad about every lie I ever told or everything I've ever stole. Uh, every time I cheated. Just anything. Like I've always felt bad. Uh, I just, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm stupid and I'm weak. But... Um, I told some lies at church. I felt like the church didn't want me there no more. I had a certain church member who was also a teacher at school uh, when I was trying to get my shit together. Uh, first thing I do, the well, first thing that happens to me when I walk in the door is he grabs me by the arm and um, pretty much makes a, a joke like, you won't be here long. And, or whatever he said to me, I, I've blocked it out at this point now. I'm not going to call his name out even though I want to because I want him to know how fucking much this motivated me. Uh, every time I think about what he said to me, it just it sends chills down my th- side that you walk into a church and you're trying to get right with the Lord and you're a, you're a fuck up and you've made mistakes and you've got somebody that's a church member or a teacher and all this stuff and he's pretty much like, oh, you're going to hell. You know, that, that fucked me up. That's why I don't like organized religion. And that's why I believe that the only relationship that matters is the relationship with you and God. Uh, I don't have to explain what I do to a damn soul in this world. The good Lord already knows what I do, when I do it, why I did it. At the end of the day, he's He's the only one that matters. Um, if you don't like what I do, city council, uh, let me ask you, what are you doing to help people? Or are you just writing fucking citations being nosy? Uh, I'm petty. It's 5.03 in the morning. I'm being petty. Uh, but anyway, um, I try to get my, my shit together. And uh, that just don't work. Um, the reason it doesn't work is because a couple months before all this, when my depression was really fucking up, I decided it was a good idea to go take some irrigation pipe. Uh, that was in some fields that I knew how much aluminum was bringing at the time and uh, I was broke. So I went back my truck up to some trailers with, a um, irrigation pipe on it and I stole from some farmers. That is one reason why now 
uh, I, I support farmers because um, I, I could have really fucked up some families. And it's uh, something I regret very, very much to this day. Me being young as hell and stupid. And that's something that don't really haunt me anymore because I've made peace with those farmers. And uh, they know what I'm doing now. And uh, they, they're they on my side, hopefully. Um, but anyway, uh, so after the suicide attempt and all this, I had to go to court. And when I had to go to court, I was going because I was on probation because I stole fucking irrigation pipe. Ugh. They sentenced my ass to three months in a boot camp. Um, I can't like I've done no hard time. I've done, what is that, five months out of 33 years. I mean, that's not, and it's a boot camp. It's a fucking daycare. Um, but what was bad about this is uh, for those, don't say it again, Josh. Those, they don't know. I'm talking to myself here. Y'all can literally hear a mental breakdown coming. Um, that's why I'm getting all this out right now. Uh, but anyway, so another add to all this is at the beginning of that year, January, I, I went to court in February, uh, February or March. In January, me and Brooke found out that Gracie was coming. Um, and I was fixing to go to jail for three months. By the way, her family... If, uh, if any of y'all hear this, they think I went to go work in Mexico for three months because uh, we didn't want them to hate me. So if y'all are listening now, I'm just going to drop that truth bomb on you. I went to jail for three months. went to a boot camp. Um, and uh, I wasn't in Mexico. I wasn't in Mexico. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe they believe that shit. They probably didn't. They probably knew the whole time. They just think it was just unspoken. Um, but anywho, I'm not ashamed of it anymore because it made me who I am today. Uh, while I'm there, um, like I just, I knew that I had to, I had to figure out life. And I'm going to tell y'all something for anybody who's had a kid that's been in trouble with the law before. My daughter did something to me that the state of Georgia never could. She made a man out of me. And they could have sentenced me to a year or however long. And my daughter coming into my life saved me and made me a better man than anything that the state of Georgia or correction officer or fucking probation officer could have ever done. Um, that is why my daughter's name is Gracie. She's my saving grace. That's the tattoo I have under my arm is my saving grace. And uh, it's because she literally saved my life. Um, she was born less than a year after my suicide attempt. And the reason why that is important for any of y'all that are listening, that are struggling with some shit right now, is I made the decision after my suicide attempt to get closer to God. I might not have got in church, but I wanted to get closer to God. I had already been saved and baptized before, I think, when I was in middle school. But when I was in middle school, I got saved because I was scared of going to hell. I remember the guy who, who pretty much made me dedicate my life to Christ or whatever, get saved me. Uh, I don't remember I don't remember anything from that besides of I don't want my skin to fucking burn for eternity. Like I didn't want to go to hell. 
Second time I got saved, it was because I wanted to go to heaven. I wasn't scared of hell anymore. It was I needed God's love. And uh, it, 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 as soon as I decided that I was going to be a Christian forever, it's like clockwork. The good Lord gave me Gracie. And uh, when he gave me Gracie, man, it, it fixed a whole lot of shit. It took a whole lot of stuff away from me. It gave me a reason to be a better man. It gave me a reason to want to build something. Uh, but if that was the end of the, if that was the fairy tale ending, we wouldn't be sitting here, would we? Um, so after Gracie's born, um, I'm working odd jobs or whatever. Remember, I'm barely got a fucking GD and, uh, and all this stuff because I got in so much trouble right there at the end of high school. Well, like, Things just go bad. Things just go bad. Work dead-end jobs or whatever. Well, I meet this girl who everybody told me to stay the fuck away from after we had broke up and she had cheated on me and all this other stuff. Well, I fall head over heels for this girl. Uh, ended up having a daughter with her. A very beautiful little girl that I don't get to see right now. Uh, I have not seen her in... March 25th is her birthday. I haven't seen her in three plus years. She'll be six this year. Uh, and it's fucking tough. It sucks. Uh, it is a struggle that I deal with every single day. But I don't push the issue. And a lot of people give me shit because I don't push the issue on it. The reason why I don't push the issue is uh, her mama is not a bad person. Her mama has raised our daughter along with her new husband for the past four years. And every time I go to Facebook, and I only do this drunk because I know it's going to hurt. And it fucked up how we, when we're drunk or under the influence of something, we do stuff that purposely hurts us. That's called self-destructive. Uh, he has been a very good father to my daughter. And... I do not want to take credit or put my foot in the door to where, and this is me swallowing my pride, folks. Uh, they've done a damn good job raising Lila, and I think it's unfair to them and to Lila for the courts to have to tell her mother what to do with our daughter. I don't think I've earned that right. I think she has. So until me and her mother can actually communicate, and I message her all the time. Once again, usually when I'm drunk, because I know I'm not going to get an answer, I can see that she reads the shit. Brittany, if you're listening, I know you see it. I ain't mad at you no more. I just uh, I want us to have an open relationship. Um, the open line of communication. You, you had an open relationship when we was dating. I just didn't know about it. Uh, we can joke about that now because you're happy. Um, my bad. I might have went petty there for a second. Didn't mean to. Uh, but anywho, um, that shit weighs on me. It, it it weighs on me that I haven't seen her, that I'm not in her life. And uh, my friends will tell you, if I tie a good one on or I drink a lot, woo, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. There's a song. By David Allen Coe of all fucking people. 
and it's called Missing the Kid. And let me tell you, if you ever hear me playing Missing the Kid, you know some shit is in my on my mind and in my heart and in my head. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know why I'm doing this tonight. I mean, the thing with my friend having a wreck earlier today scared me. It got me thinking about stuff, some things that were said last night at this beautiful event I went to. These people telling their stories. I mean, that's, that's what a song is, is them fucking telling a story. And, oh my God, like this is, this is weighing on me. But, um, I don't know, Brittany, if you're, if you're listening to this right now, I, I, I don't hate you. Uh, I don't hate your husband. Um, I hope one day we can, we can talk. Um, and then ease Lila back into mine and Gracie's life. Uh, you know, I hope that day comes. I hope that comes and I hope that we handle it the right way. And I mean, both of us, um, I'm not going to make all this out to be where you have to handle it. It's where I have to be as well. Uh, it is where, um, yeah, we, we have to handle it the right way because I don't want to take away nothing that you have done for, for Lila. And, uh, or your husband. Your husband has been a very good father to her. I just hope all of us can teamwork this shit together, and I hope you don't end up looking like a bad guy in Lila's eyes. I would never, ever want that, and I hope I don't uh, ever look like I didn't want to be there. And if anybody ever says I didn't want to be there, I got a lot of shit that I have got for Lila that uh, past four years that has accumulated that one day I'll give her so she knows I was always thinking about her. Um, I always buy her presents and shit that I know I can't give her, uh, but it's, it's whatever. Um, I say all that to keep going forward the story. Well, when her mama left me uh, and went a state away uh, with Lila and, well, yeah, Lila was here. Um, no, Lila was born in South Carolina, so they'd already moved. Okay. Anyway, so all this is going on, and I'm fat <laughs> at this point of my life. I'm a uh, 300 something plus pounds, and one of the reasons I'm sure that uh, Brittany cheated on me was because uh, I was fat and unattractive. Um, and uh, I decided to get in shape. Well, about this time is uh, when I started posting all these videos and stuff on social media. And uh, like I was being funny, and I was using comedy, and I was using Snapchat as an outlet. And then, boom, fucking bearded bastard came up out of nowhere. And there was tits, there was ass, there was comedy, there was pro-America, there was pro-military. It's all this great shit. Uh, and yet... I'm still not happy. I'm still not fucking happy. Uh, me and Brooke and Gracie were living together then, and I just, it wasn't home. I loved Brooke. I love Brooke. If I say fucking loved, if I didn't, you know how you women are. If you don't word one fucking word right, that's all you heard in the damn story. There was just something missing there, and I couldn't do what I thought I needed to do to succeed in life and build what I wanted to be a brand unless I moved. So I moved to Macon. Um, hardest thing ever I do was move away from Gracie. That shit fucking sucked. But luckily, 
I have the best fucking baby mama in the world who never, ever kept my daughter from me and would bring her to Macon. She let me come see her anytime I wanted to. Because of her is why me and Gracie have the relationship we have. Um, also because me and Gracie fucking love each other. But, so I get to Macon. I start having a good time. I start trying to figure out who I am. Because uh, I've always either lived with somebody or been under somebody's thumb. And now I got to be my own man for the first time in my life. So I went about six, seven months. Then I met this girl. And this girl fucked me up. When I say she fucked me up, she fucked me up. Uh, I didn't think I could ever have feelings for another woman again besides for Brooke. I mean, I really did. I thought that every relationship I had ever been in had turned out bad. And when my relationships go bad, it's like the fucking atomic bomb bad. Like, just there's nothing left in the dust cloud. Uh, I mean, there's nothing left but a dust cloud. Like, it's just it's just horrible. Um, and, like, I would have done anything for this girl. And I I just got left. I got left after uh, a couple months and uh, happy fucking months. Good God, I haven't been that happy. Uh, and hell, I don't know if I've ever been that happy. Um, as far as just dating. Me and Brooke, when we started dating when we were young, we had a puppy love shit. It was fucking awesome. And me and Brooke, when we had good times, we had good times. When uh, me and Lila's mama, when we had good times, we had good times. Uh, but they, they don't know. There was, there was something else. I think I wanted it too bad with this other girl because she had a daughter that was Gracie's age. And, uh, I don't know. Her family was fucking awesome. I mean, everything about the situation was awesome, but it obviously wasn't in God's plan. So I don't knock it. Uh, I have learned that you got to look forward. You keep looking fucking back then you're living in the past and you're never going to get to be present. You're never going to get to enjoy and experience the things that are going on right now, the beautiful things that are happening in your life. Um, well, when that went south and I got broke up with, oh boy, I embarrassed the fuck out of this girl. She broke up with me at a bar. I wasn't invited to the bar, but she was at this other bar. And then I showed my ass out in front of it crying and ended up punching a wall and breaking my fucking hand. And this all bad shit, like fucking, I looked horrible. I looked like the biggest crybaby ever. My fucking heart was destroyed. Uh, so I did what I do. I got shit face hammered for the next three months. That's not an exaggeration. I don't remember in 2019 from January to probably March. It's somewhere in there. Um, and like I drank so much Wild Turkey 101. That I almost came fucking immune to it. I was waking up some mornings with the shakes, but my heart was broke so bad that I had to. Because like when you deal with depression, if anybody's wondering if they had depression, uh, your highs are high as hell, and your lows are, they don't get no lower. Your mood swings are fucking horrible. Uh, to be honest with y'all, I feel like I'm having a mood swing coming on, and I believe in self-therapy, that's one reason why I'm doing this. Uh, I I don't know something. I don't know. Maybe y'all get in funks. I get in funk sometimes, and I feel like this was a funk. I I feel like 
hearing some bad news earlier and then getting here and uh stupid fucking code violations. Uh I don't know. I feel I feel like a funk's coming on, but ever since I started sharing this with y'all, I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulder. Um so um next couple of months go by. Bearded bastard still fucking killing it. Everybody thinks I'm just the happiest person ever. Uh there's girls coming in and out of my apartment. Uh, it's like a revolving door. Uh, I had a neighbor that lived under me. We called him my gayber because he's a gay neighbor. And uh, he's cool as hell. He always talked or whatever. He had joked a couple times about the amount of women that came in and out. And uh, I was trying to feel a hole in my heart of loneliness that this other girl had made so fucking big that I had to take all these other vaginas and try to stick in there to try to feel this. And uh didn't work. It did not work. Um, then over the summer, uh, you know, I'm still heartbroken. Hell, I was heartbroken over it for the fucking longest time. I didn't think I was ever going to get over her. Um, I really hate what she did to me. I'm happy for her now, by the way. Congratulations on all your good shit. But uh, anyway, we uh, over the summer, I get a call from these two women that followed me on social media. They work for one of the biggest radio stations in the state of Georgia. Uh, they wanted me to come work there. I didn't apply for this job. Uh, I had just been myself. But for anybody who knew me, knew that I was obsessed with Howard Stern. I loved everything about him. And uh, I always wanted to work in radio. Well, I ended up, they hired me. I mean, I didn't. It was the coolest shit. It was, I felt like from the second I got there, I belonged there. And I grew this family with all the listeners. Um, you know, if we're telling the truth, we're telling all the fucking truth tonight. Uh, I didn't grow that relationship with the coworkers. Um, one of them I did. I'm not saying names for anybody because I just, this isn't about knocking anybody tonight or this morning, where the fuck it is. Uh, but there was people there that was there for me and there was people that wasn't and the people who wasn't i still hope and pray that they have very good lives and i hope they get rewarded uh but some shady shit happened and that that's came from too many mouths to not be true uh but it is what it is if i would not have got fired i wouldn't be doing this i mean all jokes aside the good lord didn't want me there. I don't know why he didn't want me there. I was very happy. I loved everybody that listened. And everybody called in. The day I got fired was my fucking birthday. I don't know who knows that or not. The day I got fired was my fucking birthday. And like the last thing that I got to say on country radio was I had wrote this thing about being where you're supposed to be at in life. And just because you don't think that you're supposed to be in this position doesn't mean it's not God's plan for you to be in that position. You know, it's if we didn't if it didn't rain every once in a while, you wouldn't love the sunshine so much. If you didn't lose every once in a while, you wouldn't know how good winning feels. I mean, I can keep going on with those analogies, but I mean you fucking get it. And like, I didn't understand. I mean, it fucking broke my heart. I was getting tattooed. But this is how good the good Lord is. When y'all want to know how I can say fuck one sentence and 
drink whiskey in one breath or one gulp or whatever it would be and then talk about how good God is, this is why. I've wanted a tattoo for the past fucking 10 years, and it is of God's armor. The day I got fired, I was in the tattoo chair, and they were doing the first part of my tattoo. And what my tattoo represents is I wanted a half sleeve of God's armor wrapped around me, and I wanted it to be all chinked up, and I wanted it to be all destroyed and all this type of shit. Or not destroyed, but I wanted it to have chips and dinks or whatever is in armor, dents in armor. And uh, I'm getting that tattoo done as they call me to fire me. If that is not God saying, I got you. Sit right here, endure this pain, and what you get at the end of it, it will be beautiful. I knew right then that something wonderful was going to happen. Two days later, we had my birthday party at Kerrigan's. Uh, Jacob Bryant, who came to play my birthday, um, he sings all these songs about fucking being a sinner and a saint. Like He's the epitome of what Raising Grace stands for, which is somewhere between Raising Hell and Amazing Grace. And nobody shows up. We lose our fucking ass on this concert. And uh, so I'm in an even worse mood. I'm about to have an anxiety attack. If you were around me at my birthday this past year, you know I was about to lose my fucking mind. Uh, I, I just couldn't handle it. So the next day, next day, I decided I'm going to go to Jacksonville, Florida on the beach for four days. And I want to turn my phone off. Everybody knew I had been fired by now. Uh, the program director that used to be at State Broadcasting, pretty much I got to be the one who said I got fired. He didn't let anybody else acknowledge it till it was too late. Uh, and I had put it out because I, I got to control the narrative behind it. I got fired for uh, telling Antifa to kiss my ass, for supporting our military, for supporting our law enforcement. And if you don't understand why I'm saying that, if you've heard me say it over and over and over again, it's because I stood up for that shit. The same reasons why they fucking hired me was the same reasons why they fired me. Yeah, I posted a picture of my ass in front of an American flag on July 4th telling Antifa to kiss my ass. They hired me because of that stuff. Then uh, I get to do the Dublin Fighting Irish football games. Well, then people on the Board of Education start going all through my social media. And then all of a sudden, I'm the worst fucking person in the world. And uh, they didn't want me working at the radio station anymore. Somebody that had been watching my social media, just like whoever's watching my studio now, uh, I know what you did. Just know, and I know who you are, just know that uh, it's not in God's plan to to blast these folks. You know, it, it is to do this. It is to take my licks and to keep on fucking moving. I can take whatever you throw at me because I have been through suicide. 
I have been through depression. I have been through a daughter that I can't see. I have been through my ninny, who was my fucking favorite person ever besides for my daughters passing away when I was in middle school, and it completely fucking up me and my mother and everybody else fucking involved. Like, I can take whatever you fucking throw at me. You want to do some bullshit and get me fired? Well, guess what? When you fired me, all you did was fired me the fuck up. That's why I've got Raising Grace Studios now. That's why I've got a podcast that got all the way up to number 13 in the fucking world. I've had more downloads on my show than you have had on your app in six months. You know how I know that? Because I can see uh, whatever it is on Apple. Don't think I don't keep up with shit like that. Uh, also, I mean, it is. Whatever. Y'all regretting it. Y'all are going to regret it. And I don't want y'all to think I'm being petty when I say none of this stuff. The reason why I'm telling y'all that is because somebody that is listening to this show right now, someone is having a bad day. Someone is struggling right now. Someone is just thinking that they can't go on. Let me tell you, the good Lord puts us through hell so we know what heaven's worth. If you don't fucking struggle, then what? You don't deserve a blessing if you can't come out of a struggle. You know, that old saying is always darkest right before the dawn. I honestly believe that sometime God or the universe, whatever you believe in, that it almost breaks you. It wants to put so much pressure on you that you're going to break. But for those who don't break, they get rewarded. For those who just don't bend, they don't fucking give up, those that keep fighting, those that keep moving forward, those are the ones that get blessings. And it's literally because they didn't give up. If I would have gave up and tried to commit suicide again, I wouldn't be in your ears right now. I want y'all to know that you've made it through every bad day in your life. Every time you've been broken, every time you've been beat down, all this shit, every single time, that you said you can't go on and this is the worst day of my life. You fucking kept going. You made it through the worst day of your life. So whatever you're struggling with now, you're going to conquer it too. You're going to come out better on the other fucking side. And if you don't believe me, just look within yourself because you've got this far because of yourself. It's February the 11th. The sun's coming up literally. That really sounds cliche, but it's fucking coming up. I mean, it's perfect timing. I mean, can't get much cooler than that. Uh, I don't know. I don't like doing this by myself. But sometimes, sometimes you got to tell your story. And folks, if you're struggling with mental health issues or whatever you're struggling with, listen to me. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. Keep pushing and keep fighting. You're a fucking warrior. You know, the reason why you're here and somebody else isn't is because the weak go through with it. 
the strong don't. And if you've lost somebody to suicide, I, I hate to say it like that. But for everyone that was lost to suicide, there's a thousand more that kept fighting. You're one of the fighters. You're one of the warriors. And you need to keep fighting. And you need to push your story. And you need to push your message. The way you turn the negatives in your life into a positive is by sharing them with the rest of the world. You think about it. If you let the rest of the world know all the things that you've done that you're insecure about, you can't be insecure about them no more. You've took the power away from somebody else. Y'all probably didn't know I fucking got a felony for stealing scrap metal. That was the irrigation pipe. It was labeled as scrap metal. Uh, but hey, look, I, I'm telling you that. A lot of y'all probably didn't know I tried to commit suicide. But now you do. I have took the power from those situations that I think that you're going to hold over my head and make me feel bad about. I've took that power away from you. And I'm asking every one of y'all to do that. I'm asking every one of y'all to acknowledge your faults, your insecurities, the bad shit you've done. Own that shit. Don't let it fucking own you. I'm getting passionate. I'm trying not to. I'm fighting back tears here. But it's because I was supposed to do this tonight. I was supposed to come back from Nashville at a very fucking weird hour. Be all alone. My TV wouldn't came on, <laughs> wouldn't come on when I got in here. This fucking whatever this shit is up here with the code enforcement stuff. You know, and this all started because a friend of mine was in a wreck. And it got me thinking of how precious life is. And I refuse to let anyone steal my fucking happiness. I refuse to let anybody put my ass down. I fucking refuse to not live my life my way. You have one life to live. You need to get to fucking living it. Take care of your family. Take care of your friends. But take care of yourself your mental health. And I want to leave y'all with this. You just listened to my story. I just summed up <laughs> what makes me me, or a good portion of it anyway, into an hour. Tell your story. I'm telling you mine because I hope it helps somebody. I'm telling you my story and I'm laying my heart out there because I want it to help someone. That's what was laid on my heart. Show your scars. Wear them son of a bitches proudly. Tell your fucking story, folks. Pay it forward. Help each other. Uh, I mean, that's it. Uh... I didn't get into how much I love my daughter, Gracie. Gracie, I love you. Uh, this is all this shit's for you. Uh, Lee Tucker, last night, 
gave me some real blessings with the people I got to meet with him. And uh was fucking drinking with Ashley McBride last night. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, there's so many blessings that are coming my way right now. I'm not going to let a code enforcement officer and people coming to my studios taking pictures of beer cans outside stop this. You know what y'all can do? Y'all can close this fucking building down, but if you think that you're stopping my fucking show and what I'm sent here to do, you've lost your fucking minds. I'm a fucking fighter. And you're a fucking fighter too if you're listening to me. Because this is going to relate with you. This is probably going to be the least downloaded episode. Because it's just me by my fucking self. But I'm going to tell you, fight for what you want in this life. Chase your fucking dreams. And don't let anybody tell you that you're fucking stupid for doing it. I started Bearded Bastard five years ago. And it was all because I was heartbroken. I needed an outlet. Well, I started politics, religion, and whiskey because I was heartbroken from getting fired in radio. That just goes to show you folks, out of heartbreak can come beautiful things if you just let it happen. Thank every one of y'all. Uh, oh, God. I'm not getting sentimental. Thank y'all. I love you guys. You guys have made this something special. And uh, I pray that God blesses each and every one of y'all. Any of y'all that are struggling right now, please reach out to us here. Uh, I will do my best to answer everyone and help anybody that I can. And I pray that if you're listening, that you feel the same fucking way after this and you decide to help others instead of being selfish. I'm off my soapbox. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Please pray for my friend Sierra and her family. And may God bless each and every one of y'all. And just remember, God will allow you to go through hell just so you know what heaven is worth.